Hi, welcome back to Unapologetically Anxious Me, Confessions of a Haitian Girl in Small Town, Minnesota. I'm Joe, and I just want to thank everyone out there for all of your support and love. I've been getting all the comments, and I really am excited that you guys are enjoying this podcast. So I want to keep giving you what you want. Today, we're actually going to jump into a couple different topics. My very first thing I want to talk to you about is what I'm anxious about today. And because anxiety is a 24-hour long thing always, and she's always in the back of my mind somehow, I want to make sure that I always acknowledge that because it's very important to me that we destigmatize it and somehow normalize the conversation around mental health, anxiety, and depression. So for me, the way my anxiety works is that um, pretty much anything that I'm taking in on a daily basis is part of my anxiety. Um, I'm very news oriented. Um, I'm a journalist first and foremost, so I'm always um, catching up to the latest news and I can't help but think that right now um, my biggest focus has always has been um, the mass shootings and things that we're going through and the current political atmosphere that we're in. So we've recently experienced in about a week and a day four mass shootings. And for me, it's so hard to understand why this is happening, why it's happening so often. And I know that before this administration, there had been a lot. um, There's always been this issue and there's going to be racist people out there. And it's been like that from the beginning. But I do believe that this administration has definitely fueled the fire. And maybe for some reason, people are feeling supported in their view. And that is why they are feeling confident enough to boldly put it out there. As of this recording, this last shooting actually had nine people of color out of 12, I believe, who were dead and we're still finding out the numbers. It's so hard to understand why we don't see what this is. And the fact that we're just now talking about domestic terrorism is pretty shocking to me. So, yeah, I just wanted to um, talk a little bit more about that just because I think that um, it's interesting because people hate saying like talking about politics and they say that um, they tend to get turned off by that. I feel like just the idea of being turned off by the conversation around politics is a privileged mindset to have. For someone like me, I'm a black woman, especially in a small town that is completely mostly white people. I don't have the luxury of not being affected by the political climate that we're in. Um, I also don't have the luxury of pretending like it doesn't hurt to constantly see people of color being gunned down. I think that the people who feel the need to be like, oh, I don't like politics or not everything's about politics. Again, that's a privileged mindset. So that's just where I am on that. Don't come for me in the comments. (laughs) It's sad to see the state of that we're in as a country. It's sad to see that we have a president who is totally okay with being the face of that and has no qualms about being seen as a white supremacist or a racist for that matter. And I think the people who genuinely still support this at this point 
you're just not paying attention. That says a lot more about you than it does about this administration. All right, now on to better, <laughs> bigger and better things. Okay, so I wanted to talk about The Bachelorette, and I apologize. I'm about to go on a rant because this is something that I have to just say because um, I have never been crazy into the Bachelor Nation, you know, franchise. And I've probably watched a total of maybe four or five seasons um, since it's been on, regardless if it's been The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And Hannah B, let me just say, I don't hate Hannah B. I think Hannah B is 1000% just kick-ass, boss-ass chick who totally have made it so that women don't have to be ashamed of the same shit that men do all the time and it really killed me that everyone's like oh my god she had sex four times in a windmill and and it's like um we all are going through those same things we're all human we're all doing this together so there's no reason why women should be held at a higher standard than men especially on this franchise so let me just say how heartbroken I was for Tyler P in that final, or Tyler C, I mean, in that final episode. And it just killed me when you when his face dropped and you knew that he knew he wasn't the one. And he said, this is not it. And that, like, line totally killed me because I was like, he's the right one. And I, I'm so confused as to why it was Jed. I 1,000% it was believed that it was going to be Pete the pilot and Tyler Cameron at the end but somehow I don't know what what Juju Jed was doing in the background that didn't make it to the final cut but somehow it ended up being Jed and if you guys were cringing along with me at the end of that um, episode where he was literally proposing with his guitar after he had openly admitted that he was on the show just for you know the exposure to his career yeah so I've uh I mean when he came out with the guitar and let's just say this he is not a good guitar player singer there is nothing about (laughs) Jed Wyatt that is um talented not really I mean he's 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 definitely average you know and I think that the fact that he was talking about this so often and used his music in the actual proposal was such a red flag to me that I did have to question you know Hannah B's uh, motives and her uh, sanity a little bit and that but even going back to as far as Luke P the very psycho contestant who came off as a complete psycho narcissist tone deaf like had no idea that the things that he was saying he was saying sounded like you were some old school like women should be seen and not heard type of mindset was always in this idea of like what are you gonna do to make me pick you and it's like dude you're the (laughs) You're one of the millions of men on this season. You are not The Bachelor. Um, And it's kind of shocking to me. But I do realize that um, 
sexual and physical chemistry is a big thing because if you realize from the very first episode that was their connection which is why he lasted so long and made it to like the final four which was absolutely insane to me I I think at the very beginning I kind of hated the fact that Hannah B was the bachelorette I'm not gonna lie I I didn't get it because if you watch from her season on Colton's bachelor season she was not the most emotionally together person I think that she's a lot of us women and we've gotten a chance to actually see her grow throughout her own season on this the way she kind of comported herself throughout this entire bachelorette season I actually see a lot of myself in Hannah I love the fact that she didn't allow the fact that she ended up with an unhappy ending and it wasn't as picturesque as most bachelorettes have it um the fact that she said that no matter how this turned out and no she doesn't she's not engaged with a man right now the fact that she knows that a lot of the things she did she could have done differently and she knows that she's grown from it which I think is the most important part of any experience especially when you're putting your life like in front of cameras and expecting people to kind of go along with you on this journey and then on top of that understand. So because of just the way that Hannah B's uh, whole entire situation turned out, it kind of reminds me a lot of myself. So I want to go ahead and jump into my journey with love and my relationship, my current marriage, obviously. And so we're going to just take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, so my journey with love has been rather uh, interesting and chaotic. It has been, had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of teaching moments. I think that every little thing I've gone through over the course of an entire lifetime, I'll be 32 next month. And uh, I think it just kind of all filtered into the way my life has turned out in my relationship my and that has become marriage and all that I think that um, I definitely have gone gone through a lot of growing pains so of course I've been very open about mental health and um, my anxiety I think that my anxiety long before I had a name for it has always been there Um, It's been there even when I was a little girl. It definitely was in there as a teenager developing, starting to have uh, relationships with men and just beginning to be interested in actually exploring my love life. I think that it took a lot of growing up to go through the different chapters that I have gone through. I always like to say that I feel like I've had the actual journey of like 25 women wrapped into one. Uh, My husband and I have been together for 15 years this fall and uh, September 19th to be exact. Uh, We got together in 2004. Um, My husband and I pretty much grew up in the same community. Um, He is also 100% Haitian. We lived in Fort Myers, Florida, but it was definitely a big Haitian community in a small town. And we were kind of from opposite ends of the spectrum of the culture. His mother, his family is Catholic. He grew up Catholic. 
Catholicism and Christianity and the Haitian culture are completely different than the American definition for it, so to speak. So it's interesting because when you're from the island, our names, our last names, our family names is so much more prominent than what it means in an American culture today. So uh, our families knew each other long before we existed. Our parents had relationships with each other long before we existed that when we got together, it was one. 1000%. There was nightmare. It was legit the Haitian modern version of the Capulets and the Montagues. A lot of the reasons why we had turmoil in terms of our families accepting our relationship was because they didn't like each other to begin with. While that might have been the case, we just didn't really care, you know, because we're like, why are we going to justify our relationship based on something that happened 20, 15 years before we even existed? So it's kind of crazy because um, the Haitian culture is very old school in that mindset. But we ended up, we were friends for a really long time. Our families were kind of in each other's lives here and there. And actually, when I was about nine or eight, he actually ended up coming coming to my house because our mothers were working in the same job and they were going shopping together on Saturday and so they just like dropped us off and I just remember him ignoring me the entire time. He's two years older than me. He was definitely too cool for school and could not could not care less that I was this nine-year-old girl that he was stuck with for a weekend. So that was probably like the earliest interaction between us. Then we ended up a couple, three, four or five years later in the exact same high school. He actually had a crush on my very best friend at the time and it was a big crush so I really didn't pay much attention to him when we got into high school we kind of just because he was like the annoying kid that kind of seemed to hang around and was really into my best friend I really discounted him in that way and didn't really think anything of him we actually did not get along all throughout our high school career so he was a, he was my bully if I'm being <laughs> like completely honest he was my big bully in high school School. And we had um, a lot of ups and downs in that uh, in that time frame. And it was funny because I remember towards the end of high school, which was, well, the end of his high school year was when we started to actually become friends. He was two grades higher than me, of course. So we just like right when he graduated, we started becoming like more friends and talking and getting to know each other and it's funny because all of our friends were always like you guys act like you're married like you're you know you're always arguing about something I we were both in a lot of different activities together there was this one club in school called scholars club and we were both part of it because it was kind of like the black club to be in and where there was more people of color that we related to so we did stepping and dancing and all these things which is totally what me and my husband were into and still are and it it's really where we kind of started our bond and overnight it would seem <laughs> in the summer of 2004 we I, I don't know what happened but I just kind of flipped one day and maybe because we had been talking and getting to know each other a little bit he wasn't my enemy I actually liked him and he was someone I 
actually cared about. So when he was leaving that fall, I remember feeling like I'm losing something and it was the craziest thing and I didn't understand it because I'm like, I don't like this person. I'm not supposed to like this person, but I did. So in 2004, September of 2004, I mustered up the courage to tell him how I felt about him. And I literally did this outside of a church window. Me and my best friend, who he did have a crush on before, were running this youth ministries group at our church. And Haitian people out there, y'all know our entire lives when we're kids, they're all about church. (laughs) So that was our entire social interactions back then. And we were uh, teaching a group of kids in in this like Sunday school type of atmosphere. And he and his friends came up to the window and we were all just talking to each other and our best friend were dating so his best friend was dating my best friend who he had a crush on all this time and so it was it was probably going to be natural that we would have ended up together at some point but I don't know what came over me but overnight I told this guy through a church window that I had a huge crush on him and uh, after church that day I like came out in the parking lot and we saw each other and I was so nervous and scared that I had done this because this was not me. I never told anybody that I liked him up front. And so he was just like trying to talk about it. I was like, yeah, so it's true. And I just like ran up to him, kissed him and ran away. (laughs) And I have no idea why I did that until this day we talk about that and he's like what was wrong with you but I was so nervous that I was just like what did you do you just kissed this dude um like I was so freaked out by it and that's pretty much where it started and um he asked me to be his official girlfriend a few months later but we started dating pretty much Uh, right away getting to know each other he was my date to my homecoming and I was so excited you're a teenager two years seems like 10 years older than you so I was like he's the first real man I've dated and you know (laughs) I felt so grown and he was in college and I was still in high school so I thought like I was you know I was big and popping thinking like I had just you know, gotten into the most exciting thing of my life, and it actually was. And we went through a lot. Uh, we started off as a long-distance relationship. I was still in high school. He was still he's in the freshman year of his college, and we were just very different. And I remember thinking, I was still a virgin at this time, so I remember thinking, like, okay, uh, you have nothing to offer this kid other than great conversation. And maybe I was a little cute. And uh, <laughs> and so we we definitely uh, started getting closer and building that bond. I wanted him to not feel like he had to be exclusive to me, especially when he's in the freshman year of college and I was in the what senior year of my high school, junior senior year, and I we were still growing. So I didn't really expect him to be exclusive to me, and I made sure I told him that. I actually, uh, probably the summer of 2006, uh, he had just come home from college and he was visiting and him and his ex-girlfriend ended up getting together and they had a baby. And I 
who was probably like 17, 18 at this time was so not equipped for this. It was totally over my head. And so I immediately started like compartmentalizing in a way and separating my feelings from that situation. It was it was a roller coaster. Probably right after that, I got really sick and my entire focus went into saving my life. I was diagnosed with leukemia at the end of 2006, which is also the same year I graduated high school. I went through so many growing pains in that time that I didn't really focus so much on the relationship that I was in. I was just really focusing on my health and school at the time. In dealing with this illness, I did not really focus on my love life. I was just focused on what is happening to me in this moment. And I was lucky enough to go into remission in the end of 2007. I was ready to move on. At that point, I was moving into my junior year of college. So I actually wanted to move and transfer to University of South Florida in Tampa, which is where I ended up. About six months after that, we ended up following each other to Tampa and he came to where I was. And that's really where our relationship began to like begin to take off. But between 2006 and 2008, it was just up and down and rocky. And he was dealing with being a new father at a very young age. I was dealing with with life in general and all the things that were going on. So we really gave each other a lot of grace in that time. Um, not that anything that was going on didn't hurt to know that he was with someone else or doing something with someone else. It was me realizing that I didn't have control over everything. And this is probably when I was aware, like, actually conscious like of my anxiety and I didn't have a name for it but I was like oh, there's something wrong with me and I knew that the way I handled my emotions the way I handled um, just stress in general wasn't healthy so it took me a while to get to the point where I realized like I have to do what I'm doing for me and so I think it was the beginning of 2008 when I began focusing on myself at the end of that crazy 2007 year, we actually broke up officially. And this was me, which he would thought like the baby and all that would have been like the breakup. And because I'm not the kind of person who you tell to do something and I'm going to do it, which I think a lot of my friends were confused by. <laughs> the more you tell me not to do something, the more I want to know why and I want to see what's there. And so I think that I wasn't truly hurt by the situation until then. And I I was confronted with the baby mama and him and all the stuff that was going on. And I actually had to like deal with that situation. And so I ended up breaking up with him because I was like, this is too much. You've got a lot going on. I have a lot going on and I can't be there for you in the way that I want to be. And you can't be there for me in the way that you want to be. Um, so it's kind of like me just like cutting my losses and moving forward. At the time, moving forward to me meant jumping into a new relationship. And so I literally jumped into a new relationship with uh, this totally beautiful being. And he was it was definitely a rebound. I knew it. I just think I needed something that was simple and non-dramatic 
And I totally love the idea of somebody else fawning all over me versus me falling all over them. He was much older than me, probably almost a decade at the time. And that was appealing to me. I always had some sort of attraction to older people. And of course, when you're younger, anything above a year older than you is older. <laughs> so, so it didn't really matter. I think that in that relationship, it was more of a, I need a distraction. And he kind of came in at the wrong time. At the time, I thought like, I'm being honest. I'm being myself because I never told him that I stopped talking to Wano, who's my husband now. I never told him that we stopped talking. I never, and I told him like, you know, I was totally open and I thought honesty is the best policy. And I didn't think that I was hurting him as long as I was being honest, I was totally wrong. Um, so that relationship ended really badly. And he knew that I was breaking up with him to be with Lana. <laughs> and uh, so I'm not proud of that, but I think that all the things we went through is part of why our relationship now is so strong and so different. I think that a lot of people, even in my early 20s, as we were, you know, even getting more serious and exclusive, that a lot of people told me, like, you've been with this one person your entire, like, adult life, and you're missing out on something. You should date around. You should do this. And... I think I'm just really blessed to be with somebody that I was lucky enough to evolve with. And I'm lucky enough that we went through those growing pains together and had the same goal and where the destination needed to be. And so, yeah, I hurt him. He hurt me. I made a lot of mistakes and like before we got married and I think that a, a part of those first few years, I was doing a lot of trying to punish him for hurting me at the beginning. And it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't exciting. <laughs> but somewhere in 2012, we still held on to each other. And we were we had reached this point in our relationship where we were like, wow this is it you know like this is the this is who I'm meant to be with and our feelings our relationship just kind of took on this new identity where it became our cornerstone it became the thing that held us together because we realized that we had made it through everything that was meant to break us up you know and somehow we found our way back to each other and I think that in 2012 we both kind of like realized like wow we've been really doing it all wrong we've been hurting each other we've been doing things that we didn't want to do to each other and it got it just turned around and became more serious. And that's when we realized like, yep, we're getting married. <laughs> like we're definitely going to do this. I'm really lucky. I'm really blessed because my husband is exactly the kind of person I always pictured myself marrying. He's exactly the kind of man that puts his family and his relationship before anything else. And I'm pretty sure many of our close friends and relatives would probably say that wasn't the best thing for them, but it was the best thing for us. I think that we fell in love with each other because we refused to give up. We refused to give up on each other. And I realize nowadays people will be like, struggle love. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying that struggle love is what every woman needs to experience to feel 
real love I think my blessing and that was that my struggle love turned into real love it turned into this evergreen kind of love that is unconditional in the rawest way this man has seen me go through the worst of my life he's seen me fight for my life he's seen me lose babies and gain them he's seen me my body go from one thing to the other and and the same with him i've seen all those things the the non-proud moments the things that he did that was selfish that hurt both of us or hurt him himself in the moment and the fact that we chose to support each other despite what everybody said i think is why we've become so grounded we've become so close that um we feel like our relationship was our greatest blessing yeah now that we have two kids a boy and a girl together we realize i think it's funny because he always says we were i was 25 when we got married almost six months pregnant with our son and by then we had gone through four miscarriages and the the road to becoming a mother and parents was so hard for us that I think it it's it's something that I can't even put into words as to how we became a completely different person for each other. We became uh, every our each other's everything, and it was because the things that we were going through isolated us and it took us away from our friends. It took us away from our family because those friends and family didn't understand. They didn't understand the why behind our actions. And we kept a lot of it to ourselves because we really wanted to be a family. We wanted to try and do these things. And I think that I, even me as a woman, I felt like I couldn't provide him with something that his, you know, that a relationship that wasn't even big provided him. So yeah, there was a lot of jealousy in that situation. And I'm so thankful that my husband saw the real me in the midst of all the craziness that we were going through, that he and me, I saw the same thing in him that we realized like everything was meant to be what it is now. And so I think when we, we got married, we got married and we were about uh, six months pregnant. And that was when we announced to everybody that we were married and that we had a baby on the way at the same time. What's funny about that is that I think a lot of people still thought we were not together. I think a lot of people still thought that we were um that we were still like you know fighting over these things that happened in the past with him having a baby outside of our relationship and all that and it wasn't and I think that I remember a lot of people told me like I think you're making a mistake I think that you know and it sucked because I feel like even till this day people talk to me as if I don't know what I've been through myself as if I'm not mature enough or haven't been through enough people and relationships to understand what's real and and that's why I go back to saying I have lived the experience of 25 women and one being I'm blessed to have that um, our relationship went from struggle love to real love our relationship went from cheating in this to completely grounded and faithful to each other 
I'm just lucky because I legit married my best friend. <laughs> Though we have a lot of issues with family and this and that, I think what's most heartbreaking about all of that is that nobody realizes how good we have it with each other, how the love that everybody says that I'm supposed to have or that they expect you to have is what I have. And that's mostly because a lot of people haven't taken the time to get to know us. That includes our family. But every time I realize, like I came here to Minnesota with him. I followed him here. It was his family who was here in Minnesota. And it wasn't family, it was just one brother, you know? And that's the closest to family we have right now. We did this because we knew we needed to get away from the crazy that was our lives back then and all the input everybody seemed to have in our relationship. It was important for us to detach. And moving to Minnesota was hard. It was the hardest thing we've ever been through. It's still not our favorite place in the world because our experiences haven't made it our favorite place in the world. And I think that anything we go through now, we know that we've been through the worst of it. So it's pretty much impossible to break us at this point. <laughs> I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky that I was given that opportunity. Everyone who has had a front row seat to that sees how we've gone from one thing to the other. And I'm just really blessed. I'm really blessed that I have um, somebody who I know, no matter what happens to us, we'll, we'll get through it. And, and that's me. That's my love story. And I'm really just excited to continue sharing more with you. I definitely will get into more in depth about my patient upbringing and my parents and their relationship with us and how that interfered um, pretty deeply with who we are now and where we've gotten to. So thank you everyone for listening. I want to give a big shout out to Manushka and Markenzie who left beautiful feedback and comments. Thank you everyone who's been so supportive and listening. I can't wait to come back. I really want to encourage you guys to join our Facebook group as well as follow us on Instagram. Um, but most importantly, I need you guys to subscribe. It's not enough to just listen or to hit the like button or to uh, put a five-star rating. Um, feedback means so much because I am new. This is a new platform and as many eyes and ears as I can get to it as possible. I love your support in that and I want to thank everyone who have sent me personal messages about feeling like this was something great or that they're excited to see more. I just want to um, keep delivering what you guys enjoy and I love doing this. I love talking. <laughs> That's my greatest talent outside of writing and so it, I really think I've finally found my safe place and this is my little corner of the world. Thank you for listening. Unapologetically Anxious Me is written and produced by Joe Ciceron. Produced, edited, and recorded by Heather Heifley. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast provider.